Thanks so much, Andy. Lovely to be with you. Andy and Diane and my lovely friend, Linda, who I met at Spring Harvest and then came to our conference and then decided to invite me. And I don't know whether you know that what Gary was just doing there, as well as leading us in some kind of songs which have been crafted and written, which are, which, are, which are wonderfully prophetic. He also sang one of his own prophetic songs when he was talking about Deep Called to Deep. And that was because we had a scripture upstairs um, on that scripture, Deep Calls to the Deep in the Roar of Your Waterfalls, All Your Waves and Breakers have Washed Over Me. He picked that up and made that into a song. That's a perfect introduction to a prophetic workshop we are talking about prophecy, we're singing prophecy, we are singing scripture, which is all prophetic and, and all inspired by God, isn't it? That's easy. So just give me a little show of hands, don't be embarrassed. If you would class yourself as a really um, kind of person who uses prophecy all the time, used to using prophecy, right through to people that feel, feel like they're a bit of a beginner. Now, let's start with the ones that feel like they're prophesying, using it as a main gift and prophesying. Oh, Linda, get your hand up. Um, and don't be embarrassed. It, it's a gift you use on a regular basis. Lovely. That's fantastic. People that uh, use the gift on an occasional and wanting to go a bit deeper, but you may be just moving into the, into, from the shallows into the deep. Great. And finally, you're beginners. You feel like you're a beginner. You've just come to find out more. Any beginners? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. It, listen, God is going to do, God is going to use you anyway. You know, whether you're a beginner, everyone was a beginner at one stage. Even Jesus was a beginner. Uh, and he came and he started to prophesy and he started to breathe life. Uh, he didn't walk this earth. He'd been with the Father in heaven for eternity since the beginning of time. And then he suddenly landed here and has to learn to exercise gifts in the earthly realm, uh, which is different from the heavenly realm. Okay, so even he was a beginner at one point. Um, so we can come together and really begin to hear and receive from the Lord. I'll start off with something, well, bits, bits about myself. I'm Deborah, married to Frank. You'll meet Frank at the break. Um, he, we led a big church in Manchester called Ivy Church for 25 years. Um, we started a network in Manchester called Prayer Network. We prayed for seven years. We started to see amazing things happen in the city. Then someone prophesied over us that it was going to become national. We gave birth to Rock. We're doing our communities. Been leading that for 18 years. Um, loads of prophetic, amazing things have happened in our lives, both personally and citywide, kind of and national and international. Four children, two daughters, two sons. Um, our son Josh was supposed to be with us, but he's had to go to Norway, like you do. Somebody's got to go, haven't they, to Norway? Um, and I think we're going to have a better time here, to be honest. But he's going to come later in the year. He's the director of 24-7 uh, Prayer Youth. So he ended up sort of doing a bit like what his mum, you know, instead of me being famous now and him being my son, I'm now his mother. Oh, are you Josh's mum? Everywhere you go, are you Josh's mum? Now I'm a person in my own right. I actually gave birth to him. <laughs> it was painful. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, and uh, very, very passionate about prayer. But start off with something a little bit lighthearted. This was a, this was a genuine um, article advert in the Spring Harvest um, Bulletin. Spring Harvest is a conference. We, we go to Butlins in Minehead, Butlins in Skegness. It's an amazing conference. You'd be very welcome to come next Easter. This was the advert in Spring Harvest News. Apologies that the Prophecy Seminar has been cancelled due to unforeseen circumstances. Now, some of you will get that and think, yeah, the prophet's supposed to know what's happening, so it's been cancelled due to unforeseen circumstances. Quite funny. And this next one, a bit lighthearted, is the type of prayer that many of you may have heard prayed and the type of old-fashioned King James Version type of uh, prophecy where people put on a voice which is different from their own to try and make it sound more spiritual. Anybody ever done that? Um, so this is the King James style person that's trying to prophesy with authority and they say, Thus saith the Lord, it always usually starts with this, thus saith the Lord, so you can't possibly contradict or disagree. I will be with you, saith the Lord. This is what somebody actually said. Even as I was with Joshua, as he brought the people out of Egypt. Sorry, I've made a mistake, saith the Lord. It wasn't Joshua, it was Moses. <laughs> It goes really funny. Um, so that, that leads into lots of things to do with style, to do with being yourself, to having to, you're going to be more prophetic if you put on um, a more authoritative voice. Not really. It's probably not going to help. It's probably going to be a distraction. And, you know, not allowing for the fact of human, that there's part prophecy, uh, we, we prophesy in part. We don't prophesy. It, it's not perfect. We're, we're bringing something, and we have to trust the Lord. And it has to be biblical. There's, there's no way God will contradict himself. You know, if you hear someone saying something which is not biblically sound, biblically based, that is not the true sense of prophecy, is it? It can't be. God doesn't contradict himself. So one of the big key things, and this is maybe for the beginners, the middle bracket, and the more experienced folk, how well do you know this word, the Bible? Do we read it? Now, don't be like some Christians. Oh, I read the Bible when I first became a Christian. Got that one in the bag. No, this is a regular thing that we are um, reading the Word of God. Because how many of you know that when you're prophesying over a person or a town or a, a nation or, an, or a particular situation, Scripture is part of that prophecy. You will come with Scripture. It could be to do with the parting of the sea. 
You might see something to do with trees, and you might begin to think about Psalm 1, where it talks about sitting beside the quiet waters, the counsel of the Lord. It, it will be we, there will be a weaving through of my words, which is fine. In my normal voice, in my accent, I'm from Manchester, can't do anything about that. And it will be a mixture of me with God and his word coming through. Is everybody with me on this? So we've got to be real. We've got to be authentic. We need to know his word. We need to soak ourselves in his word. And prayer is absolutely critical for this because prayer is the language God understands, and this is where he speaks to us. It's a two-way flow, a conversation, and this is where the Lord begins to impress on your heart what he is saying. And how many of you think, oh, yeah, um, I, thought, I thought I had a word the other day, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't bring it. You, ha you hesitate a little bit, don't you? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. How do we know it's God? Uh, it needs to be weighed and tested by the other prophets and by the apostles amongst us, by the pastors, by the teach teachers, by the leaders, by the people who know you well. So I just love when I'm in a prophetic environment, throw myself right in at the deep end, and I prophet, like to prophesy over people I don't know. I don't know them. I've never met them before. And things come out of my mouth and everyone in the room starts crying because people in the room know the person. So they're witnessing it's good for that person. But I don't know, and I'm blundering in with all sorts of things. Because if you know something, it's more difficult to prophesy because you don't know whether it's you or whether it's the Lord. So, they, But these are the types of things and ways we learn. And in the second session after our break, I want us to do this now. Don't be frightened. We're going to do some prophetic stuff and we maybe begin to learn and pray for one another and really exercise the gift if everybody's really good for that. So I just wanted to start with something that just came into my mind when I was praying for this particular session. Um, and I do, I do a regular talk called Care, Prayer, Dare. And I think the, script, the um, slides are going to come up on the screen. This is a talk that I do. Um, it's, it's Prayer, Care, Dare. And it's based also, it's Care, Prayer, Dare. And it's based on um, the book of Nehemiah. So there you can see... Um, of redeeming our communities, and I use it for city transformation. And the Lord just said to me, Care, Prayer, Dare works for this prophetic workshop, and I'll explain to you how, how it works. So the first principle is, um, there's probably more than three, but I'll just go with these three just to illustrate what I mean is, um, how much do you care before the prophetic starts to be activated. Because who knows that prophecy is for the upbuilding up and edification, long word, uh, upbuilding and edification, encouragement of the church. That's what prophecy is for, defined in the New Testament. 
in 1 Corinthians chapters 13 and 14. It tells us about earnestly desire the gift of prophecy, actually above all the other gifts. Why? Because it builds up the church. And how many of us know when we feel built up as church, we can do a lot more kingdom things? A bit like going to the gym. I don't go to the gym, by the way. (laughs) I'm just saying it's a good thing to do if you want to get muscles. If you want to get spiritual muscles, um, prophecy, okay? It's a really good gift. You can actually ask God to give you the gift of prophecy today, and he is not going to say no. He's already said, earnestly desire the gift above all other gifts because I want to build up my church. But our motivation behind the prophecy is this first point that I want to speak of. What is our motivation? And I'm sorry to have to say, I've seen a lot of bad prophecies. I was talking to a young girl at Spring Harvest this year. She was on the team. And she said, it's taken me 10 years to be recovered sufficient to get a job with, with um, something called Alpha. She works for HTB, Church, Holy Trinity Bronson, on Alpha, doing the Holy Spirit weekends. 10 years, she said, it's taken me to get back into uh, ministry. I said, do you mind me asking you why? She said, yes. When I was a young girl on camp, Someone came up to me and said that they had de- I had demons running up and down my arm. And they could see them. And she said, I was absolutely petrified. I didn't tell anybody. It's a shame she didn't, actually, because somebody could have corrected that. But it still would have had a massively terrible impact on that person's life, even if somebody had corrected it. Um... And because of that, she just went shut down. And it was really sad because, especially, it's sad in every way and horrible and wrong, actually, completely wrong, because that wasn't an edification. Because it was going to be her gift. Prophecy was going to be her gift. Holy Spirit stuff was going to be her ministry. So the enemy really went after her when she was 16 years old. She's recovered now, praise God. But what is our motivation behind prophecy? I look at you now and I want to bring something that is going to build you up. It might have a challenge in it, don't get me wrong, it might have a challenge. But it's at the end result of it is going to be edification. You're going to feel encouraged. You're gonna, it's, it's a bit like you've got to k- climb Mount Kilimanjaro and now you, you, you've been a bit afraid about doing it. There's something else I can't do. All my illustrations not really apply to me. Um, but now I can do it. Where I didn't feel I could do it, now I can do it. That's what the prophecy does. So let me give you an example. Jonah chapter 4. Oh, this is absolutely incredible. Jonah, the prophet Jonah doesn't want to do what the Lord has instructed him to do. How many times does that happen to us? You know, we're, we're a bit reluctant to go to Nineveh and sort Nineveh out and the rest of it. But let me just read to you Jonah chapter 4, because I was reading it this morning. Um, the, 
Jonah's angry in chapter 4 because the people have repented. Should have been delighted, shouldn't he? But he's angry. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah got out and sat at the east place of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give the shade to his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed up the plant and withered it when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But, Jonah, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. I am so angry, I wish I was dead. Very melodramatic. Jonah. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though that you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. Should I not have concern for this great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, also many animals? Why am I reading that? Because the prophet is instructed by the Lord to go to Nineveh to seek them to repent. So that he can do what? So that he can forgive them and so that he can bless them. Jonah doesn't want to do it. That's a wrong motivation. And there's so many of us that have the wrong motivation. We don't really care. Look at Jesus, Matthew 23, if you want a New Testament example of concern and care and compassion, how it's linked with prophecy. Matthew 23, Jesus, Jerusalem, he weeps when he comes into, into Jerusalem. How much is weeping a sign of compassion and concern? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I longed to gather you using prophetic imagery now, as a mother hen would gather her chicks, female prophetic imagery, says Jesus, who's a male. But you would not willing see your city lies desolate. He's concerned for them. He's got this compassion. And when you feel that spark of compassion as you're uh, walking around Basingstoke, or when you go into your school or college or university or place of work and you see somebody who's distraught, downhearted, struggling, does this compassion start to grasp hold of your heart? And then what, what begins to happen? Prophetic flow. Wisdom, words of God, words of encouragement. So compassion and care, I really think, let's, let's take hold of that and ask the Lord to enlarge our hearts. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As we're beginning to do this, so do you ask yourself a question? Do you love Basingstoke? You need to love it. You don't need to tolerate it. 
You don't need to, you know, list all the bad things about it. We know there are bad things about it. But you've got to love, and when we gathered like 300, 500 churches together in Manchester of different denominations and streams to pray, we loved the city. And I remember somebody contacting me one day and said, right, Deborah, I really believe that the next prayer network event, we have got to pray against the gay village. We've got a gay village in Manchester, massive gay village. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, and you're not even going to pray about it. No, I know it's not God's will. Because he said, why? I said, because I, don't, I haven't been there. I don't know the people. I've not spent one minute praying. I've not spent one minute walking around that place, connecting with the people, seeing how we can serve them, see how we can help them. When we've done that, we can pray. And this person was really offended with me. They wouldn't speak to me. I said, well, no, Lord might be telling you to pray against the gay village, but not telling me. I don't know enough about it. Um, how many of us look at a person, it may be one of our kids, for example, and we're trying to correct a fault in them. Parents, we do it all the time. Correct a fault in our kids. We've earned the right to do that because we've loved them and we brought them up and we want the best for them. Some random person doesn't come in and try to correct one of your kids, otherwise they'll probably be in trouble by the mum or the dad. It has to be earned, love and respect. The second thing is prayer. These all rhyme, care, prayer, dare, so you can remember it. So loads of slides further on is prayer. Prayer is the foundation for all of these spiritual gifts. We pray, we ask the Lord to bring the gifts to us. We ask for his anointing. We ask for God to put things on our heart. We ask for the Lord to begin to move in that particular situation. So we, we, we had an, um, a, a reputation in Manchester. We were called Gunchester. That was our nickname because of the violent crime. And we come together to pray to reverse that. We, we came together to seek God's face for the city so that it would be renamed. And we had this big prayer meeting at the Velodrome, um, which is the cycling dome opposite City of Manchester Stadium, Etihad Stadium. And all the Olympic cyclists uh, do their training there. Chris Hoy and all, that, all those people. And we had a big prayer. We hired it for a prayer meeting. We had 5,000 people. It was incredible. And we prayed, no more Gunchester. We want to see our, sa our city safe. We want to see uh, the young people uh, in, a, in, a, great, you know, in a, a safe environment. We want people to be able to walk out at night and feel safe on the streets. And we prayed, no more Gunchester. Six months later, in the Manchester Evening News paper, this was the headline. The actual front page headline, is this the end of Gunchester? Violent crime has dropped by 37% in the last six months. And the police rang me up and said, we want to meet with you. 
because they'd been at that meeting where we said no more Gunchester. We had nine chief constables. I was invited to, to go all over the country sharing about this. But prayer was the thing that really began to change the spiritual atmosphere over. So prayer is very integral to prophecy because when we're praying, we're hearing God's voice. I mean, God can just speak to us walking down the road. It doesn't have to be that you're praying, but it, prayer is the environment. Like worship is another environment. Prayer is a really key environment. And the final thing is dare. Now, I can be really, really prophetic as a person, but never prophesy because I'm a bit scared. I know, do we think this? What will people think of me? What if I get it wrong? How many of you have these thoughts? What if it doesn't work out? Um, and we then hold back. So this is the first time this happened to me was I was in a home group and I was a young Christian and I didn't know I had the gift of prophecy. And I, in fact, the church we were converted in was, was dispensationalist and that, that means they didn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit were for today. They actually didn't believe, the, they believed the gifts of the Spirit have died out with the early church. So that's what I was taught so it didn't really help me. Um, and I was in this home group, and I had a word of knowledge. Now, word of knowledge is often linked with prophecy. It often comes before a prophetic utterance because the word of knowledge gives the person the confidence, if the word of knowledge is correct, to listen to what God has to say. So I had a word of knowledge and the word of knowledge was that this boy sitting opposite me, this young man, um, we were doing a mission in our church and we'd hired the school for it. And the school had a high balcony in the hall. And this young guy, Mark he was called, he wanted to volunteer to be on the tech team for the mission in the school, but he had a fear of heights. So he hadn't, he hadn't told anyone this, so he hadn't volunteered. So I had this word of knowledge, but I didn't bring it because I was too afraid that it might not be me and it might not be God and I didn't know whether I'd get it right. What would people think of me and all the rest of it? But I had a picture that he had a, he had a fear of heights because when, when he was a young boy, he'd fallen, fallen off a high slide in the playground and that had given him a fear of heights because he'd been quite badly injured. So he always had this fear of heights, but I didn't share it. Later in the meeting, the home group meeting, he said, oh, I just want to confess something. He said, I really want to, to sign up to be part of this mission, to be a tech team, but I've got a fear of heights. Because when I was a little boy, I was on a high slide, and I fell high, high slide, and I fell off it, and I really hurt myself. So I developed a fear of heights. I just sat there. Can you imagine? I hadn't told him. I sat there thinking, and I said to the Lord, "If I ever have anything again, I'm always going to bring it." Because He would have been so encouraged to hear that word of knowledge. So skip forward a few years and I'm doing a prophetic 
workshop a bit like this today, but it's all for younger people, like 18, 19, 20-year-olds, called Genetic. It's at the Message Trust. We, did it, we do it every year. We do a prophecy seminar. And I call out every single one of them. We prophesy over every single one of them, which is a bit scary. And there's only about 20 in the room. And I call out this one boy, Sam. He's about 19. And I have a word of knowledge for him. Oh, Linda's heard me share this before. I had a word of knowledge for him that um, he is a poet, which is a bit, you know, specific, isn't it? He's a poet, but he's never shown anyone his poems. But when he's older, he's actually going to have books of poems published. So I'm giving this in this room full of people, and I thought, is it, this is either right or wrong, isn't it? It's not like God really loves you. If, you. if you're a beginner, just start with that one. God really loves you, because you know, you're 100% right with that one, aren't you? But you're a poet, and you're going to have poems published is not easy one. It's, it's a bit scary one. And he, he, doesn't, he didn't show by his face anything. He didn't cry. He didn't shake. He didn't smile. He just blank. I thought, oh, no. This is terrible. <laughs> and he went off. He didn't speak. And then the next day, I bumped into him, and I said, I really need to ask you for some feedback. Just tell me anything, you know. And if I've got it wrong, just tell me. It's fine. Because we're not always right. Um, and he said, yeah. He said, I was a bit, bit sort of stunned. I was a bit shocked when he spoke to me, so I didn't know what to say. He said, I've been writing poems since I was a little boy, and I keep them in a shoebox under my bed. But I, no one knows I write them. My teachers don't know, my friends don't know, and not even my parents know, because I've just been too scared to show anybody. But when you said that to me, he said, I went home, and I got the box out from under the bed, and I went down and showed my parents... He said, and then he said, oh, by the way, my grandmother's had several books of poems published. <laughs> I was like, what? It's in the family. <laughs> and, but what it did was, like, um, it released, so you've got the word of knowledge, is you're a poet, right? The prophecy is you're going to have several books published. See, the two linked together. He could receive it because it was it, it had to come from God. I'd never met him before, didn't know him. So he knew it was from God, so it gave him the confidence, the courage. So it's earnestly desire this gift. Why? Because we want to build people up. How much do I care about the situation? Not very much. A lot. That's going to be a big factor. How much am I praying and reading God's word and really soaking in? And then, do I dare to step out and say what the Lord has put on my heart? And don't say, thus saith the Lord, and shake and do it in the King James Version, unless that's your regular version of the Bible. That's fine if it is. But don't put it on and make it sound like, Nobody can contradict you because you've said it in such an authoritative way. You've really put people off. Just be humble. Just say, um, I say something like, um, do you, is it okay if I share something with you? They might say, no, that's fine. 
um, is it okay if I, I share something with you? I sense the Lord might be saying. It doesn't make it less powerful. It makes you more humble and put yourself into a position of putting the person's dignity first, not your own, whether you're right or wrong. I said, I feel, feel the Lord might be saying, I have this sense that God is saying, and then bring the thing as humbly as you can, but with the word of God in power, and then ask them for the feedback. Maybe not right then, but maybe the next day, or see what the response is. So let's, before we have the break, let's just see, can this lady come with the um, turquoisey dress? What's your name, love? KG. Come on, come up with me. Because right from the beginning of the time, I look over at you, and I see something that God senses for you. I sense something. And what I feel is, um, and I've only got one thing, but it's going to grow. So that's something else I'm sharing with you. You might have one word, one sentence, and you think, what's it? That's not much. Then as you start speaking it out, it grows. So the initial thing I have is the season is changing. Sorrow may last for a while, but joy is coming in the morning. And I see a season that you've experienced of sorrow, of weeping, of wanting a, th a situation to change that you feel it can't change. You don't understand humanly how it can change. The Lord is turning that ship around. He's turning the vessel around. And he's actually going to even use that place where which was hard because then you will be able to see other people's pain but sorrow is moving away and a season of singing is coming as scriptures in song of solomon um, there's fresh flowers appearing on the earth the sound of singing the sound of cooing of the doves it speaks of more of like a spring season coming to you now the enemy is trying to say to you oh you're finished with now, you know, you've, you, you're moving on, you've not got much time left. That is wrong. The next season, actually the Lord is saying to you, I say the best to last. What he speaks about in John, the first miracle, the, the water into wine. I say the best to last for you. The season ahead, you are going to feel a rushing of energy and life and I really sense the Lord is saying even young people grow tired and weary but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings as eagles run and not grow weary so there's a strength coming to you and even your family will say what has happened there's a, actually there's a heaviness lifted Amen. the heaviness Amen. is lifted Amen. and the refreshing of the Lord is coming for you to run, not maybe physically run, but run with the things of God, run with the prophetic, run with God's visions, God's dreams, that he has given you dreams. And I see um, the scripture in um, about Esther where it says, for such a time as this. Now is the time, today is the day. And we just bless this lady in the name of Jesus. And we pray that fruitfulness over her life, 
that it, she will have fruit that will last, that she will have fruit to give away. Uh, so there's a compassion coming to you to feed hungry people. Yes. Teaching, yes. preaching, sharing the word of the Lord. Yes. Maybe you didn't have the opportunity before. The opportunity is coming to you now, sister. Speaking to women, building them up, taking them on retreats, giving them, uh, the, the, teaching them about prayer, teaching them about prayer, teaching them the word of the Lord. So be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Feedback. It is a confirmation. And I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because I have a foundation for ministering to widows, for to orphans, to the less, to the poor. And it has been going down, and then I say, Lord, how do I do it? I can't give up. Lord Jesus, thank you. And as for sorrow, yes, concerning some of my children. But this is a confirmation, and I thank God. Father, Lord, thank you. Jehovah, Lord, thank you. Praise you. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Amen. Deep. Did you notice how she said it was a confirmation? Did anyone notice how she said it was a confirmation? So often what the prophecies does is confirming what you already knew, what somebody already told you. Oh, you know, this is a ministry that I see in you. This is a gift that I see in you. You don't see it in yourself. You know, many Christians don't see their giftedness at all. But then the confirmation comes from someone else. Now, you're going to be bold. You're going to dare. You're going to step out because you've got what the Lord has said to you. It's a confirmation of what you already knew. Yes? I actually have the gift of prophecy, but because I wasn't using it, it just went down. Yeah. And I've been asking God to revive it. Bring it back, Lord. Because he gives me a word of knowledge, and I begin to prophesy. But because I have not be, I've been weak, I've been weak because of things around. And I say, Lord, bring it back. Revive me, O oh Lord. And Father, Lord, thank you. Because from today, I'm on fire for Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And there's somebody here who is, is in business and... The business, I'm not sure whether it's, this is to do with a change of direction in terms of business um, or whether there's a finance needed for this business, but there's somebody here and it's to do with business and you've really been praying into this business opportunity. Maybe expansion, maybe taking on, who is this person? As I'm speaking, if anyone resonates, just put your hand up and I'd just like to pray for you. Um, you've got a particular type of work that you do and God is wanting to do more. And there's a scripture which is um, Isaiah 54 about talking about enlarging the place of your territory. It's to do with growth in business. It may be to do with a promotion. Now, does anybody resonate with this? Because I feel like it's somebody in this room. It's probably everyone wants this word. But anyway, do you feel it's for you? Could you just wave a hand? I'd just like you to come down so I can pray for you. It might actually be more than one person. But it's to do with business and growth and finance. 
in particular. Yes, please, come on down. Let's give him a round of applause. And, and by the way, when I said that, if nobody had put the hand up, what does that mean? So that might mean, A, the person didn't want to identify themselves. Maybe it meant that it was for actually somebody that wasn't in the room. It could be lots of reasons, so we, didn't get, we wouldn't get discouraged about that at all. And then when I was prophesying over somebody at Spring Harvest, a similar situation, there was another guy that walked up and said, I thought that word was for me. I said, well, it doesn't mean it's not for you just because it had this person. It might be them. The other person steps up as well. So what's your name then? Jonathan. Okay. Shall we reach out our hands to Jonathan? What is your business or your line of work? I work in life assurance. Life assurance. Yeah. Yeah. Father, we just want to bring Jonathan to you. And Lord, um, first, first, I just want to speak over this thing. I don't normally ask that question about what is your business, but I felt it was important. Um, his life, his life insurance, his own life. Lord, the Lord wants to speak to you about your life. He's saying, son, I feel like he's saying, son, I've got you. I've got this. And I'm not going to let you drop. And it's a bit like that game sometimes parents play with the children about faith and trust where they just say, fall back and I'll catch you. Or jump off here and I'll catch you. It's trust. He says, jump off. You're not jumping into no, you know, thin air. You're jumping into the arms of the Father. He says, I've got you and I've got this. So it's to do with you as well as your business. And now just to be stepping out in faith and this decision that you've got to make or maybe multiple decisions, I see it's like a domino effect, actually. I just saw the picture of the where you get that row of dominoes that one, one tipples the rest down. That first one that you do, that first push, is going to have a ricochet. There's going to be a domino effect. It's going to affect the whole row. It may be that, that you're actually going to affect other people who work within this business. It may be that it's going to be a kingdom principle sewn in. But Father, we just pray that as he just took, it's only going to be a light touch. It's just going to be a little touch like that. It's not a big push. And then the row will fall down. And Father, we just want to pray over Jonathan's day that he will... Um, yeah, see, there's a scripture and it talks about you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's, there's life. You're going to have more life. You're actually going to have more years. Um, I don't know if there's any health stuff going on. You are going to have life. You are going to have years in the land of the living in the present day to complete the assignments that the Lord has got before you. He's written it out. What he, these are his plans. Uh, I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29. For, for the good. You, the goodness of the Lord. They're speaking a lot about goodness, not cursing. No curses. And I break off any curses in the name of Jesus that have been spoken over you or about you in your company not in your company. I break the power of anything that has been spoken of to do with limiting what you can do and who you are. 
in God. And we release you into this goodness, into this fullness, into life, into business, into health, into, I'm going to use the word prosperity, uh, which we don't believe in the health, wealth, prosperity, gospel or anything. I'm not talking about that. But prosperity in God. So that when wealth comes to you, inheritance, you're going to inherit. And when this inheritance comes, you're going to know what to do with it because you've already been seeking the Lord and asking the Lord. So we just bless you in the name of Jesus. And anyone else who needs a financial provision, we just pray over every person who needs finance right now. The Lord is sending you what you need for your vision, for your ministry, for your work, for your career, for your family, for your home, for whatever the Lord has said, provision follows vision. So we just pray that over every person who needs that gift today. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Thank you for being brave. I was really brave. Um, one more. We've got one more time for one more. Let me just see. Who, who would like some, want me to pray for them? Come on, first one out to the front, this lady here. Oh, right, we'll do two. Come on, then. We don't want you to miss out. Two. Can Linda come and stand with and help me? Carol. So let's all... Now, I haven't got anything, right? It's you lot praying now. Come on, pray, pray. And the Lord is... Um, as, when, when I said pray, I saw a tapestry, Carol, and it's something that you were making... And, you know, you've got a dress on today, which is one single color. So that's not the clue of what I've seen. I've seen this tapestry, which is multicolored. I think that's the person that you are on the inside. There's a color, there's life, there's vitality. There's a real creative gift within that God is wanting to release and creativity, I feel like it's going to flow in lots of different ways. It isn't just one genre of creativity. It's multiple things where you have a visual, you have an eye for creativity, for care of the planet, for um, care of God's creation, for care of people and seeing the multicolors come out of other people as well as what, what is in, within you. And I feel like the prophetic gift is going to bubble up within and you will see it coming out in creative ways. So it might not necessarily be just to do with words, but to do with something visual that you can see and that you can present to that person. So we just bless you in the name of Jesus and in praying increase in creativity. We pray an increase in what she sees with her um, prophetic eye and what she knows in her heart. And there's a strong gift of compassion in you, of real nurture and compassion where you reach out your hand. I almost feel like you're going to be praying for people who are sick more and more and laying on hands and just kind of saying, look, what can I do in this situation? All I can do is ask the Lord to come and heal them because he's the healer. He's the one that is the provision. But your compassion is going to lead you to prayer for healing. 
and that's where I feel like the colour will come to life, where someone just feels a shade of grey when you pray for them. They just might have that um, encouragement to keep going. Keep going. And Carol, I know this lady from years ago, um, and I know your heart, Carol, and I just think God wants to say to you today that you have not been forgotten. Those things that he placed in you, from before you were born, he knew you, and he made those things strong, and he has not forgotten. And that's what I want to pray over you this today, Lord. Father, we just say thank you for Carol and for her life and all the years she served you, Lord, for her prophetic gift that might seem stifled over these last years, Lord, for all the times when she thought, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. Father, I pray, would you, would you fan that prophetic gift into flames again, Lord Jesus? I pray a new season for you, Carol, that you would be able to serve the Lord in ways that you never thought possible before. God will strengthen you, and he will keep you, and he will watch you. In Jesus' yeah. name. Quite interesting when you get two, say there, wha- when you get two people prophesying back to back, better in some ways, because the one person will say something that triggers something else for you. So when um, Linda was speaking, it, I got the word overlooked, that you may have been overlooked. And it's even interesting the way I didn't see your hand and saw the other lady and then said, you come as well. You could have even been overlooked today, couldn't you? But uh, the Lord is saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are not overlooked. You're in the apple of my eye, the center of my will. And now look what I will do through you. In Jesus' name, amen. And this lady, take your time. You don't have to rush back, just like we don't even have to sit in all thing. You can kneel down, you can lie down, you can do whatever. What's this lady called? Sarah. Sarah. Okay. I tell you something. I believe in my Bible all the time. You read in your Bible all the time? Oh, you don't need any prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm trying because I reckon old people's time, and it makes my heart break when I see people who have got dementia, and they have, and it's really, really hard. Well, let's reach out to Sarah. Lord, she's already got the Bible in her heart. She's she's got the compassion, where she breaks her heart for the ones with dementia, that you're breaking your heart. But she's got more than that. She's got. I see the words spring in your step. You have a, you're going to have a spring in your step um, because you're going to be carrying the word of the Lord into these places. And when you speak, you know, with people, I don't know as much about dementia as you do, but with people with dementia, they've lost their memories. They, they've often lost uh, precious things. But through, I know, things like when they sing songs, when songs are sung or music's played, it suddenly brings that memory back. That's what I feel you're going to be bringing. I feel like you're going to be almost putting the music on and bringing the songs to life and bringing those memories back to life. 
So, Father, we just want to speak over her today good health. We speak over her a blessing. We, we, we just want to say over you how much the Father is rejoicing over you and singing over you. The Father is singing over you. And as you hear his song, that's, that's going to be the way that you will bring songs through to the ones that you're caring about. So, Lord, we sing the Father's song over Sarah today. There's something in the past which has tried to tear you down. Something in the past which has tried to hold you back and pull you down. But the Lord is lifting you up. And he's the restorer of your, um, lifter of your head. The lifter of your head. And he's restoring your faith and your confidence in him. So we just bless her today in Jesus' name. And Sarah, um, I just have the word uh, enthusiasm. Now, those of us that know Sarah and love her, like we do here at Hope, um, I don't think there's anybody more enthusiastic mm -hmm. about things she cares about uh, deeply than Sarah. And she will, she will shoot up out of her seat and she will pray about things like uh, Tear Fund and Cliff Richard. <laughs> but God, I think, is going to use that enthusiasm um, more and more each day as you learn to trust him and, and walk in his steps. So, Father, we thank you for the enthusiasm and the care that Sarah has for so many things. And we ask you to build that up for your purposes and for your name's sake. In Jesus' name. Just before we go break to break, yeah, let's thank the Lord for everything that he's doing today and he's going to do, do more. Um, <coughs> Just before we go into break, um, has anybody got any, qu a qu I feel like a couple of people might have a question about prophecy in particular. Anybody got a question? Anything that you want to ask? Just, he it might help us for the next session. Any questions? Yes, come to you. Um, I was just wondering, if you should receive like a word of knowledge or prophecy from God, can you ask God? to probably give you more clarity about it. What a great question. What a great question. I do that all the time. So you might have like a picture of a, an orange or something, like say an orange, a piece of fruit. And you think, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> it could be all sorts of things. It could even be what you've had for your breakfast, couldn't it really, if we're honest. But you ask the Lord the question, what is this orange? What does it mean? Can you share me more information, Lord? Is this coming from you? Ask God, the, ask God as many questions as you like. He doesn't mind. Is this for you? Is it for me, this picture? Is it for someone else? Is it to do with my church? Is it to do with my workplace? Is it to do with my city or town? And you ask him the questions. Is it for now? That's one that I ask a lot, because it could be, it's not for now, it's for later, you're going to share it later. Should I share it now? Is there a scripture that might help me with this word? Is it to do with refreshing? Is it to do with, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good? All the scriptures that go with oranges. So you're asking, and you're asking, and then you're beginning to think, right, okay, I might check it out with another person. What it talks about, let, 
when, when we're in a service and there's two or three prophetic words brought, then the weighing and testing, you go to somebody else and say, what do you think of this word that I've had? Is it something that I should share? Is it edifying? Is it encouraging? All the things I was saying for. So you're asking those questions. That's a really good question. Right, we're going to go to a break time. But before we go in break time, Frank has come back. Hello, Frank. Did you find the hotel? Very prophetic. Um, we have got some special offers. Ooh, we've got some resources with us, which you can come to the table. Now, I've talked a lot about prayer. So I've written two books on prayer. Mountain Moving Prayer is the new book. I think Linda's read it. Um, Mountain Moving Prayer It starts off talking about personal prayer for our families. It does a lot of stuff on, you know, spiritual warfare, how to hear from God, and then praying for towns and cities and moves right, th right, right the way through you know, financial provisions and all those kinds of things. So if you buy a copy of Mountain Moving Prayer, this is the first special offer, you can get City Change in Prayer for free. Ooh, yes. And this was the first book that Frank and I wrote based on Nehemiah, how to pray for your town, your city, your village. So if you buy Mountain Moving Prayer, you can get City Change in Prayer for free. And then we've got the prayer course that goes with the book, which is a small group study guide. We've got a book called Rock Your World, which is also on special offer, and that's got QR codes in it, which you can scan with your mobile phone, and it takes you to a video, a story, a resource. That's quite a cool book, and that's about city transformation. Then we have got a book called Serve, which Frank and I wrote for Spring Harvest last year. And it's about serving the body of Christ. The core ministry of the body of Christ is serving and how we can study that together in small groups and how we can learn how to serve our communities, serve one another. And it's got things like worship songs that you can use for that piece of study, Bible verses, books, resources. It's quite a helpful book. And so those are there on, at the back. And the other special offer we've got, we've got a conference coming up in November called Go Deeper. And that's with myself speaking and my son Josh, who works for 24-7 Prayer. His experiences when he went out to Asbury, which was absolutely incredible. And then we've got Noel Robinson and Lou Fellingham doing the worship. And if you book into this conference, you can have a look at it. It's in November in Staffordshire. You can get two free books today. All you have to do is book in and show Frank. And also, Frank says he's going to give you a hug as well. Oh. Is that right, Frank? You could be there a long time. So go in the break. Please go and get hold of those resources because we've only got a few with us. Father, we just want to thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for this first session. And we pray that as we have our coffee and tea, we'll be refreshed and we'll get hold of the resources that we need and we'll spend time talking to one another. And thank you that you've been with us here today. In Jesus' name, amen.